good day everyone and welcome to another episode of Left After Breakfast broadcast from 3CR, your only radio left. Susanna here with you and I'll be joined by other members of my Left After Breakfast team as the program continues. Your favourites for a start. 3CR In this episode, we'll get some latest updates from the BL, from the bush, and we'll hear from the bagman. I also want to be talking about a little bit of history, and it's to do with McDonald's. Don't scream, don't scream. Yes, it is McDonald's, the old golden arches people. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. And let's hear from the bagman. Good morning, Susanna. Thank you for inviting me on to your new shortened, extremely popular radio program. Now, I've got to say, first of all, the rumours of my death have been greatly exaggerated, and I'm back on the radio, fit as a Mally Trout, and looking forward to bringing you my own mixture of cynical, bitter and twisted news each week, starting next Friday. Now, we can talk about a lot of things next Friday. We can talk about the Aston by election and why the Liberal Party uh, were great favourites to win that and the polls were showing that they would basically shit it in. Well, I've got a new way of telling who's going to win elections. I've got my own poll that people should be willing to listen to, would be happy to listen to, next week. Now, I've got to ask the question, can words be weaponised? And I say, yes, they can. You only have to look at the words of famous poet Dorothea McKellar when she wrote the poem, My Country. She wrote, I love a sunburned country, a land of sweeping plains, of rugged mountain ranges, of droughts and flooding rains. Now the words of droughts and flooding, uh, flooding rains have been weaponised by the criminal politicians, by the right-wing commentators, Andrew Bolt, uh, politicians like Barnaby Joyce and Matt Canavan and the people on Sky News that... Droughts and flooding rains. Now, we come to expect droughts and flooding rains, but in the last 12 months in this country, we have lost uh, many, many citizens to drowning who have lost their houses to floods. Uh, We have unprecedented climate change so that parts of this country are still under flood. Yet these criminal politicians, these right-wing commentators, Alan Jones comes to mind, that there's no such thing as climate change. 
Well, if there's no such thing as climate change, why are we underwater? Why have thousands and thousands of people lost their homes? Hundreds of people have lost their lives. I think those politicians that hide behind those weasel words of droughts and flooding rains. And I'm sure Dorothea McCullough didn't have these conditions in mind when she wrote that. But lazy politicians, right-wing commentators, say of droughts and flooding rains is the normal. Well, it's not normal to lose your house. It's not normal to lose your life. It's not normal for the country to be flooded in the way it is today. But I'm going to talk about that next week. I'll talk about all those people on the Sky News and I have to ask the question, Sky News, why bother? But anyway, we'll cover those things next week. Um, I'm very happy to be back on your radio program, Susan. It's only been 36 years that you and I have fronted up each Friday morning, except for COVID in the last couple of years where we've had had to do a recording by remote. 36 years, and then we're back. I'm very happy to have 10 minutes, even five minutes on your very popular radio program on Australia's greatest community radio, 3CR, 855 on your AM dial. So until next week, Susan, dare to struggle, dare to win. If you don't fight, you are a loser. Thank you. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet, www.3cr.org.au. One of the topics we covered in an earlier Left After Breakfast program was the McLeibel case, and I'd like to remind you of it. It was actually called McDonald's Corporation versus Steele and Morris, 1997 when McDonald's filed for libel against environmental activists Helen Steele and David Morris. And they filed action over a fact sheet critical of the company. Each of the two hearings in English courts found some of the leaflets contested claims to be libelous and others to be true. The original case lasted almost 10 years the longest-running libel case in English history. Steele and Morris were two activists from London Greenpeace. In 1986, they distributed a few hundred copies of a six-page leaflet called What's Wrong with McDonald's? Everything they don't want you to know. The leaflet accused the company of paying low wages, of cruelty to animals used in its products, and other malpractices. Before the McLeibel case, McDonald's had threatened to sue more than 50 organisations for libel, including television channels and major publications. In all of these cases, the media outlets settled and apologised. 
But Steele and Morris chose to defend their case. They were denied legal aid, so they had to represent themselves, although they did receive significant pro bono assistance, including from Keir Starmer. In its libel allegation, McDonald's asserted all claims in the pamphlet to be false. They found this difficult to support, and the case eventually became a media circus. In 1995, McDonald's offered to settle the case, which was then coming up to its 10th anniversary in court, by donating a large sum of money to a charity chosen by the two. They further said they would drop the case if Steele and Morris agreed to stop criticising McDonald's. Steele and Morris secretly recorded the meeting, in which McDonald's said the pair could criticise McDonald's privately, but must cease talking to the media about it, and to criticise McDonald's only to their friends. Steele and Morris wrote a letter in response saying they would agree to the terms if McDonald's ceased advertising its products and instead only recommended the restaurant privately to friends. The case was adjudicated by Mr Justice Roger Bell, and in 1997 he delivered more than a 1,000-page judgment, largely in favour of McDonald's. Steele and Morris were found liable on several points, but the judge also found some of the points in the fact sheet were true. McDonald's considered this a legal victory, though it was tempered by the judge's endorsement of some of the allegations in the fact sheet. Specifically, Bell ruled that McDonald's endangered the health of their workers and customers by misleading advertising, that McDonald's do exploit children, and that they were also culpably responsible in the infliction of unnecessary cruelty to animals that they were against unionisation and that they paid their workers low wages. His decision awarded 60,000 English pounds to the company, but McDonald's legal costs were five times that and the defendants lacked the funds to pay the money anyway. Steele and Morris then appealed to the Royal Courts of Justice. The judges there ruled that it was fair comment to say that McDonald's employees worldwide do badly in terms of pay and conditions. The justice also ruled that if one eats enough McDonald's food, one's diet may well become high in fat, etc., with the very real risk of heart disease. As a result of those findings, the Lord Justices reduced the amount payable to McDonald's by another £20,000. Steele and Morris then went to the European Court of Human Rights, which ruled that the UK government should pay Steele and Morris 57,000 English pounds in compensation for denying them a fair trial with freedom of expression against the European Convention on Human Rights. Interesting thing that came out about the McLeibel case, dear listener, was learning about the undercover policing relationships in UK. It was revealed that one of the authors of the McLeibel leaflet was a man called Bob Lambert, an undercover police officer who had infiltrated London Greenpeace. Another undercover cop was John Dines. He was also Helen Steele's partner for two years and she was totally unaware of his true identity and his motives. 
And since then, a new Defamation Act has been enacted through British Parliament and there are some changes to libel cases and will make it harder for corporations to abuse libel laws. To date, Steele and Morris have paid nothing to McDonald's. to say hello earlier and yes you'll be hearing much more of him in the weeks to come and hearing from him reminds me of another Mac libel case and I'm pretty sure that the bagman can fill you in on some juicy little details of it in July of 1986 McDonald's Australia took out a writ in the Supreme Court of Victoria alleging slander of goods and of defamation. 
and they said this slander and defamation arose out of various publications, specifically a booklet distributed at the restaurant in Collingwood, just across the road from 3CR, really. The defendants' names were Bill Landieu, James Simmons, Karen Thrussell, Dennis Evans and Robert Burrows. The booklet was called Big Mac or Rat Eat Rat. And I'll just give you a couple of lines from it. Before you break under the insistence of your kids or before you chop into a Big Mac yourself, remember, if you are a parent and or a unionist, don't support companies that exploit your kids. If you're a kid who wants a job, don't be ripped off. It should not be a choice between a rip-off job and no job at all. If you're any kind of Australian, don't stand by and watch yet another American takeover. McDonald's is attempting to make us eat like Americans and work like Americans. It's in your hands. Next time, buy a pie. We've heard a lot about the evils of takeaway food. It's bad for our health and our pockets. But that's not all. The McDonald's system is different from the corn efficient chip shop. It's a huge multinational corporation making multi-million dollar profits. Their multi-million dollar profits are based on the exploitation of kids, both as producers and consumers. They're ripped off as workers and sucked in by the advertising aimed especially to get them in. They aim to take over the eating habits of the world, destroying national culture wherever they spread their golden arches. Their insidious management techniques penetrate the very foundations of our economy, with workers programmed like so many production line hamburgers. They're programmed to do everything, even smile. In America, eating out is almost completely controlled by a handful of food giants where they have a choice of Colonel Sanders, McDonald's, Hungry Jack's or Pizza Hut. Lean pay, fat profits. Here's one example. After working at McDonald's for 12 months, Andy was sacked without explanation. But he suspects it was because his parents had complained about the rates of pay. In McDonald's, the ratio of juniors to adults is 6 to 1. When rostered on and business was slack, juniors had to sit in the staff room and fold boxes. They were not paid for that. On many occasions, particularly some days, juniors would arrive for work only to be sent home without working at all with no pay. They were not allowed to join a union. They had to make up shortages in the tills. If the money were over, McDonald's kept it. If it's under, the staff had to make up the difference, regardless of the fact that many employees did not have access to the register. I've just been reading from the booklet, Rat Eat Rat. And as I said, the bag man can fill us in on a lot more of that. But in the meantime, let's hear from the BL from the bush. Morning, comrade. Morning, listener. BL from the bush calling in. Hope you are all all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Well, just might have a chat to you today about money. Your money, your hard-earned. 
your hard-earned money to the tune of $634 billion. That's right, you heard me, $634 billion. Now, this money is going to be spent on a couple of, couple of items. $380 billion of it is going to, uh, to the subs, not yet built. Contracts may be signed, maybe not. Don't know the full story of that yet, but that's $380 billion. And Then, of course, there's the other $254 billion. That's billion. Now, that's going on what they call this ta- stage three tax cuts. And that ain't going to you or me or anyone into the, uh, in, in, into the services that we all rely on. That's going to the well-heeled. Listen, no, that's going to the ones that really need it, really doing it hard. That's going to the multi, multi-millionaires. That's going to the top end of town. So I'm you know, just thinking that maybe there could be a few other places that this money could be spent. We'll have a look at Medicare. Now, Medicare is in crisis. Doctors, nurses, they're all leaving in droves. Emergency departments are overcrowded, overwhelmed and overworked. Urgent need of funding. And you've got the bulk billing. It's just about a thing of the past. Trying to find a doctors or, or where to go down to get bulk billing is, is it's a bit of a, like a bit of a raffle. You listen to different different shows on the wireless and you hear people ringing in and they're having to travel 50 to 100 k's plus to find a doctor where they could go and get bulk billed. Their urgent funded need, urgent need of funding there. Then there's the NDIS. That's also in crisis. People just waiting for basic care and uh, their specialised equipment. That also needs urgent need of funding. You know that Medicare or Medibank, it's what it used to be called back in the day, was the pride and joy, the flagship of the Labor Party. And now after years of attack by the coalition and inaction by the Labor Party, it's on its knees. Urgent funding needed there. Just the councils. Federal funding pulled from aged care facilities that was offered by councils. Now now outsourced, privatised. I think we just get rid of that system and go back to the old uh, council-operated scheme that they used to have. Something else that's in uh, urgent need of funding. JobKeeper. Well, we all know that. We've, we've spoken this at length on, the, on, on Left After Breakfast about how we're below, well below the poverty line and made as a punishment for those that are on it. Pensions are flat out keeping up with the cost of living. So there's something else, uh, listener, that's in urgent need of funding. There's a massive increase in homelessness. Where is social and affordable housing? Urgent need of funding. So you see, there's a bit of a trend here. And that's just touched, you know, I've just sort of touched on a few that I can say, so, you know, like I'm thinking that let's get our health and social security system fixed up first before we go off and join up with the world's warmongers and massively increase our debt over, the, over another 50 to 60 years. All this because of a couple of boats and tax concessions for the filthy rich. You know, as I said before, 
$634 billion. There's, there's uh, something else, isn't it, that I never thought I'd end up saying because um, it used to put the fear of whatever in you when the coalition continually used the slogan that they had and it was called, uh, and they used to say it was called Stop the Boats. Well, I'm saying it, Stop the Boats. I mean the ones that are underwater, the subs. And while I'm at it, stop the tax cuts as well. So that's just something for you to have a bit of a ponder over. Listener, you know, if you sort of be asking why this has taken so long to address, I mean, I don't care who's who's up there in Canberra running the show, say what they like. But then again, it's what they do and what counts. And this mob come in with a whole heap of promises. Well, we haven't really seen much yet, but all of a sudden, as usual, there's a shitload of money there to be found overnight for whatever, yet it's it's not going to where it should be going. That's that's added to our community, added to added to, to the Australian needs that we, that we all need. Then our health, education, general cost of living, but it ain't going there. Uh, just something again to say, listener, something to think about. Uh, just one other thing before I leave is that the wording for the referendum is out for the voice. And so I would encourage you to give our First Nations people the help that they need to get recognition for the voice to Parliament in the Constitution. Well, I really would encourage you to have a real good look at that. And the referendum's coming up later on this year, so um, I certainly will be voting for yes for it, anything to, um, to give them a chop out so they're, um, they can get recognised within our, our constitution. So um, that's about it for me today, listener. I'll, uh, I'll go out in the same old way. Dare to struggle, dare to win. If you don't fight... You lose. Good morning from Left After Breakfast, the only show left. And as always, the BL from the bush, followed by his theme song. And we'll be back next week, same time, same place. Until then, cheerio and ciao from Left After Breakfast. Shirts in with dogs and mace I'll hold the line, won't step away Cause you can't break me I belong, you belong We belong to the union Don't count me out when I'm on the floor We'll win again, we've won before The streets will ring with a mighty roar Cause you can't break me Stocks rise up on workers' backs Profits soar while you hand out the sack Boardroom bullies, bloated and fat But you can't break me 
Australia's sold to mates offshore Backroom deals and shonky law This day has come, we say no more You can't break me I belong, you belong, we belong to the Union I belong, you belong, we belong to the Union I swear I'll never lay down and die I'm in the union, mate, got a right to belong We'll be back, millions strong Women and men united as one Cause you can't break me There's a warning here to the men in grey The pipers come, it's time to pay We're taking back what you stole away Cause you can't break me I belong, you belong, we belong 